Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive NFL Week 11. We are into the meat of the season, the heart of the handicapping of the NFL season. Things are going great. I am super excited for this week's card. Um, I'm going to have to do a little bit of uh, uh, careful, um, you know, making sure that the best way to attack a lot of these plays on this card are uh, are still the way I bet them because I've already scooped a lot of closing line value. And so if you're listening to this, if you're looking at my card on Thursday, you're probably going to be pretty uh, annoyed that some of these numbers are long gone. But uh, it should be a great week. NFL looks absolutely outstanding. We got some, we got some great uh, primetime games this week. Uh, all three primetime games look absolutely awesome. Um, some great Sunday day games with us this week to help us handicap week 11. Uh, did a phenomenal job uh, setting up the uh, NFC West and AFC East in the preseason preview pods uh, on the on the um, brand new uh, on the brand new college basketball season. It felt super appropriate to reach out to none other than the big man on campus. Big man, welcome to the deep dive. Hey guys, always good to talk to you too. Looking forward to it. Yes, welcome back. Second time appearance for the big man. Uh, Andy, how you doing on this uh, beautiful Wednesday? Good, and yeah, you did hit on that there. We've had some real bullshit primetime games lately, so it is <laughs> nice to, because even even if you're not betting them, you're fucking watching them. And we've had to put up with some just terrible matchups. So even starting this Thursday, a couple you know a couple teams that are not in the playoffs right now, if it started, but maybe some. Maybe loser goes home game right away. I guess. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, well, yeah. So it, it uh, with the with the Eagles losing a tough one in primetime last week, uh, and again, yeah, with the college basketball season just underway, it felt appropriate to put up the bat signal uh, to put up the. Uh, it, it's actually more of the the old school Philly Eagle logo. Uh, bring in our our Philly friend, uh, big man on campus, to help us figure out what in the heck is going on with these Eagles. Uh, I got some money out there on the Eagles to win the uh, NFC East. That's looking pretty sketchy right now. Uh, what do you make of this team, Jeff? They got a, a, a turnaround in them? I, I don't think they do. I mean, I, I think you know, the problem the problem you have, Will Capper and Andy, with this team right now is, you know, last year there were so many games that you know they found ways to win. You know, they you know they, did, they weren't blowing leads, they weren't making stupid mistakes. But this is just a real dumb team right now. I mean, they're, they're not smart. <laughs> I mean, you look at really everything they do. I mean, and it really starts at the top with the inability to realize that you need help in the backfield. I mean, you have no run game. Uh, the run game's a joke. Um, you also don't run the ball to begin with. So you don't even, you know, if it doesn't work once, Doug Peterson just doesn't run again. Um, and it's all about throwing the ball 60 times a game. And, you know, you look at just little things with, you know, throwing the ball short of the sticks um, you know, not throwing the ball deep. You know, the last play of the game was indicative of the Eagles season. Throwing the ball to the five instead of to the end zone when you know you need a touchdown. Just little things like that. And you, know, you look at the defensive side of the ball, and that's really, I think, where the problems lie with this team. We can try to make, you know, make, you know, jokes and say, well, you know, big men at times, you know, they were really good defensively last year. They were good against a run at times. But let's be real with ourselves. They got shredded in the Super Bowl. 
Um, the, 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 they barely beat Atlanta first of all. And the, you know, that was just one of those games where, you know, defensively both teams played pretty well. Uh, the possessions weren't good, but you look at how this team plays defense. It's one of the stupidest ways of defense I've ever seen. And there's a reason no one runs it. It doesn't work. If you have a third and three guys and you line up eight yards off the receiver, you're just conceding yards. And that's because this defense isn't good enough that the caliber of players aren't good enough. The players haven't been good enough. And now they're definitely not good enough because they have injuries up and down. That defense only works if you get pressure on the quarterback and they're not getting pressure on the quarterback. They're also not forcing turnovers. They've only forced six this season, which is among the worst in the league. Um, Carson Wentz hasn't got any blame, but again, he leads, I mean, he's close to leading the league in turnovers. Fumbles are a constant problem with him. And again, not throwing to the sticks is a quarterback thing. Um, this, this is just a dumb football team and it goes up to the top. Uh, not a guy that I, I think he overrates things. Sometimes you don't have to go for every fourth down you're presented with the, the, the Cowboy game is a prime example. It's three, nothing. I get going for it there, but the play was just stupid. I mean, the plays at the time don't even work. It, it, just everything about this team is dumb and backwards. And uh, I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't see them coming out of it. I don't know how they come out of it because you look at their schedule. I mean, oh, you have- you, yeah, their schedule's rough. And you reminded me that. Yeah. Oh, God. It's, there's, there's some rough ones. It's, it's going to get nasty. I think the final five games or six games, whatever it is, I think the records of the teams combined is like 42 and 20 or something. I mean, it's it's Ooh. it's quite bad. And, you know, look, you got the Texans. You got the, the Redskins twice. You got the Cowboys again. You got the Rams. You got, um, you know, Saints. You have the, the, the Texans. I mean, there's no easy game on the schedule other than the Giants. Interesting, man. Um Andy, let me ask you a quick question about the Eagles because I know you're in sort of the same boat I'm in. Uh, is this a is this a, a a referendum on Peterson's inability to continue to innovate? Like, has the league kind of caught up with what it is he's doing, uh, or is this literally like they, you know, if you get a MVP caliber Carson Wentz down the stretch here, they actually still have a chance to make the playoffs and make some noise. I think something that maybe we haven't touched on yet is, you know, last year everybody gave Peterson all this love. Uh, should we have, or should we have given, oh, say some guys that are in like Minnesota and uh, where'd the other world? Or uh, Indianapolis. I mean, may- maybe losing some coordinators was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or Reichen, losing, you know, uh, it's, or, and it's Reichen assistant coaches. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Maybe right. Cause hey, Andy. I mean, the defense defenses this year have been, you know, every good defense is taking a step back. Some reason, Minnesota, Jacksonville, Philly, everybody looks like shit against how the offenses are playing every week. But uh, yeah, the, the offense maybe isn't as smart without those guys. Maybe Doug Peterson is not smart. Interesting. Interesting. And, and guys, look, look, at yeah, the- maybe we need to give the flip of some credit. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah, you look at the one coordinator that is still there too. Jim Schwartz. Jim Schwartz, <laughs> Jim Schwartz doesn't win, and Jim Schwartz nobody wants. We we can we got to stop dancing on the fact that this guy's a good coordinator. He's not. He's not a good coach. And these can, press conferences he has are mind numbing. He was asked yesterday on why he you know they give up so many third and fourth and fifteens, 
and, and, you know, he made some stupid lawyer comment on, oh, well, you know, in that defense, we didn't give those up. Just, you know, he never wants to address the problem. You look at this week, they're facing the best team in the league in New Orleans. And you look at the, the people playing this week for the Eagles. Ronald Darby's out for the season. Rodney McLeod's already out for the season. Jalen Mills is injured. You got rid of Patrick Robinson last year. Your starting corners are going to be like, oh, Sidney Jones is injured too. Your starting quarterback cornerbacks are going to be Avante Maddox, who's a, 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 a rookie, and then two random guys you just put off the street, and Russell Douglas, who, look, around here is public enemy number one. Many don't think Russell Douglas belongs in the NFL roster. These are the guys that are going to start this week against uh, the New Orleans Saints. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, well, you got two games left against the Redskins. I think the Redskins are frauds. Uh, if they can beat the Redskins twice, if the Redskins lose to the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, this thing is still wide open, even given their tough schedule. Uh, any chance Carson Wentz elevates the performance of this offense enough to overcome uh, problems on the defense? I don't, I don't see it. I mean, Ooh. I think there are going to be a lot of overs. I think the offense is, is okay. I mean, you're going to get Lane Johnson back. Remember, he didn't play uh, on, on Sunday night. Um, I, I think offensively, they'll move the ball. I mean, Ertz is a great player. Your Golden Tate will be more. And that's another thing. We're, why did Golden Tate only play 19 snaps the other night? <laughs> the game, for God's sakes. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, oh, the, the play calling's bad. I mean, Carson is Carson, and you know sometimes he has his flaws. He holds under the ball too long, and that's something he'll learn. But I just I think this defense is is really bad, and I yeah. think the teams that they're going to face, I mean, it's not going to be easy at all. I mean, they're any gonna exploit them. I think there's going to be a lot well, of overs. We lucked out uh, getting you on just now because I could listen to you uh, rant about the Eagles all day. Uh, but we have a lot of other stuff to talk about, so let's keep. Uh, Keep cruising on down the line here. Uh, more interesting news out of Philly uh, in the NBA. Uh, they make a huge trade to bring in Jimmy Butler, uh, move a couple of guys in Sarich and Covington who are, you know, pretty important pieces to kind of the integrity of the of the, uh, uh, of the Sixers team. Uh, back before uh, Embiid got hurt last year, those guys really stepped into some pretty meaningful roles down the stretch, I felt like. Um, do you think, number one, Jimmy Butler integrates well with this team? And number two, are they contenders in the East now? They were, yeah, always, yes. they were always contenders, I guess. But are they like yeah. legitimate? Like they should be favorites in the East now. Uh, I think they're legit contenders. Would I say they're the second best team or first team? No, I don't. I think they're the third best team, probably. I, I definitely think you know. You look. Look, I'm not a Covington guy. I never have been. I've always railed Robert Covington. I don't like him. But we we do have to contender with the fact that he he was a good defender. I mean, at the end of the day, but Jimmy Butler coming in is obviously as good a defender and he's going to give you much more offensively. Dario Sarge, he's more of a beloved guy from a city perspective. He kind of was understandably the, the definition of what Philadelphia is as a, as a city. But the, the problem with him is when he doesn't make shots, I mean, his value diminishes a lot. I, I think he's a guy that I wish the best, but I, I don't hate. I mean, it's not the big deal that he's leaving. It's more of just the fact that he was a, a guy people liked here. But you know, the problem they don't have right they have right now is they don't have much shooting. I mean, both those two guys, Covington and Sarge, were, were decent shooters, particularly Covington. Um, they're going to have to address what they do now because they have a good, you know, group here: Simmons, Embiid, and and Butler. And, and look, Embiid will still be the focal point on offense. But what else do you have? I mean, you know, JJ Redick, you know, is 
towards the end of his career. He's still a good shooter, but you need more. I think you still have to go out and make another move. You know, go out and get a Kyle Korver, a Trevor Ariza, you know, a player like that. If they can do that, I think they they can be right up there at the top with both teams because they just don't have teams that you know, guys in this team right now, other than those three or four that can create their own shot. Also, where does this leave Markel Fultz? Because now Markel Fultz is out of the lineup. Uh, yeah. And we've all seen Markel Fultz has um, some issues um, personally with, with, you know, Pump faking free throws. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's a confidence thing, guys. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I think you, if anyone you talk to in this city, they'll tell you no one actually believes Markel Fultz is injured. He's not injured. Uh, he has a mental issue right now. And I, whatever that is, I don't know. Um, he's arguably can be the biggest bust of all time. Uh, name us, name a guys, a, a player from the guard position over the last 15 years. It's been a bust. In the number one or two pick, there's not many. Um, Evan Turner, maybe. I mean, is he really a bust? I mean, he was more of a small forward anyway, but you're right. There really aren't very many. It it, it could be the biggest failure. And, you know, guys, other than Embiid and and Ben Simmons, this team is drafted terribly. I mean, (laughs) does anyone remember? Does anyone remember last year's pick? Andy, do you know who it is? Was it Zaire Smith? I think it was Zaire Smith, right? It It was was somebody totally off the ball, off the wall. It was so weird. Do you know who they originally took and then traded? Uh, I know they should have taken Gilgis Alexander. Who did? Who was it? Was they it Gilgis Bridges? Oh, work, whose mother works for the yeah. team? He's from oh, Philadelphia. I remember that when they, when they made that trade? I'm yeah. like, that's awkward. It's yeah, a very awkward, and they did it to go and get that that pick from Miami. The problem is, you look at what Mikael Bridges is, and he's exactly what this team needs right now: mm. a spot up shooter that can play on the perimeter and defend. I mean, Mikael Bridges to me was the second best defender in the draft. Uh, they go out and get a kid in Zaire Smith, who is really just a, a kind of a project. He's already injured. Now he has an allergic infection that we can't get. It's just a mess. Um, again, they have picks. I think they need to go make another move. If they can make another move and get a shooter in here, I do think they're right up there with Toronto and Boston. Did did they blow it uh, getting rid of Sam Hinkie and uh, turning the keys over to that uh, clown who was running all those burner accounts or whose yeah. wife was running all those burner well, accounts? Was that Jerry, Jerry and Brian Colangelo. Yeah. yeah. Well, was that a mistake? Well, I, Benny believe that it's a conspiracy theory that the NBA took it over. Um, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. No, I think I don't think that's a conspiracy theory. I think that's like – Think likely. Should. I think that's likely. Yeah. 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 No, I mean, Sam Hinkie was, uh, you know, pretty much you know, kind of a cult figure in this town. You know, most people in the NBA don't understand it, but here, um, yeah, I think he, you got to give him a lot of credit for, for what, uh, what happened also, you know, making the Jimmy, you know, according to, um, certain people, I mean, he was part of that Jimmy Butler thing, getting them connected and, you know, making all that happen. So, yeah, I, I think he's a beloved guy here. And I think, uh, I think they made mistakes letting him go. I I, I wouldn't have, but the NBA did it, not them. Interesting, Andy. You got a uh, a couple of words about the uh, Jimmy Butler era in Minnesota. Was it good for you? <laughs> yeah, I. It's funny, you know. Like I, yeah, I love the local teams, but man, it's been a while since I've been real invested in the Timberwolves. Like we're talking Garnett and Starberry days back when they, when they'd make the playoffs. Cause you know, they made, you can say, yeah, they made the playoffs last year, but everybody makes the playoffs. It's the NBA. And I didn't even, I didn't expect them to win a game in the playoffs. So uh, it's Rockets not like my heart's broken. Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, I think they, they, they didn't get swept. They didn't get swept. I think it was It was a gentleman sweep. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Gentleman sweep, but no. Yeah, the Timberwolves are a bit dysfunctional, and maybe they'll play a little better because it's kind of hard to play with a guy that you know doesn't want to play with you, and the way yeah. he was acting in practice <laughs> and stuff. So I, this is probably a like it sucks because the situation they were in, but at this point, the way he was feeling towards the team that's uh, this is a positive right yeah, now I think it's definitely, any, it, it's huge for them i think minnesota got a really good end in this because like andy said i mean he didn't want to play for the the wolves anyway so i mean the fact that you're able to go and get an all nba defender and you were getting a you know getting a pretty good import from europe that you know it was really good as far as a shooter he make he created his own shot I think this helps him plus it helps defensively uh but he's you know Andy's right I mean the Timberwolves have been a, a mess really um I remember back in the day you know when they had the you know Sebastian Telfairs of the world and Al- <laughs> <laughs> oh, they were, yeah yeah they had some bad squads that was uh that was rough that was rough um okay uh you guys want to talk a little bit of college basketball before we get into NFL oh yeah Whatever. It's oh, it's on now. Cool, cool, cool. Um, We've got every well, uh, sport. I get you know baseball's over, whatever. But yeah, just seriously. so much, so much sports on right now, and now we just cracked another one. Seriously, so there there are so many college basketball games popping. I mean, uh, it's uh, there, and there are people that are out there handicapping every single one, allegedly. <laughs> uh, and uh, I'm just I'm curious. So so Jeff, we they call you the big man on campus, uh, yeah. presumably. Uh, and I know I'm, I'm, this is a setup obviously, but you, you have an expertise in college basketball handicapping, you know, these conferences and these players inside and out. Um, tell us a little bit about how you guys started doing that and, uh, give us a little insight into what your college basketball handicapping process is like. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate the kind words. I, uh, yeah, no, I've, um, I've always loved basketball. I mean, truly since I was a kid, I mean, just just was in love with it. But I, I felt like with college basketball, there was a big edge in handicapping because I had a lot of time and I could sit down and I could really prepare and, and, and find edges. And with so many teams, I mean, this year there are 353 Division One basketball teams. There's a lot of ways to run and hide in college basketball where you can kind of pick things out that are just maybe hidden and and they're kind of a way. I don't – I like a lot of things, well, Andy, that aren't popular. You know, I kind of like to be – different and kind of away from things. I don't want to be betting Duke and Carolina. I want to be betting, you know, Loyola, Maryland against Bucknell, you know, finding those little edges. And, you know, I just really kind of fell in love with basketball. I love the schematics of the game and, you know, how teams play against a pack line defense and, you know, do they run and do they press or what, what do they do? And kind of schematics and stuff. And I'm a big recruiting guy and I like seeing where these kids go. I've always loved the NBA draft and kind of the allure of, of the NBA, but College was kind of the thing where they always had the passion. There was always they weren't getting paid, and there was always the passion that these kids had. And March Madness is just such a perfect tournament, isn't it? I mean, you look at college football and just the sheer pathetic, you know, kind of level they are with their postseason tournament. Um, (laughs) I mean, seriously, is there a worse um, playoff system? The way it's set up right now, the semifinals are going to be terrible. Just give us uh, Alabama Clemson for Christ's sakes. Like, like, are they? I think I bet you the semifinals this year are on New Year's Eve again, and it's a good, nobody's going to be watching. I, I know that there are Michigan and, and Notre Dame fans that are listening to this cringing right now, but like, give us Alabama Clemson for crying out loud. It's a flawed yeah. system. It, it, you got to. There's got to be more spots. There's got to be more teams. Got to be. You know, you got to be. Got to be. There's yeah. time. 
there's time. There's the schedule works in their favor. They absolutely got to figure out how to make it eight and then sixteen. I, this is this fourteen playoff thing is is nonsense. I t- totally agree. I think no. I think you just go best two out of three with the two best teams. Make them play a bunch. Really? Eight teams. Sorry, I could get down with eight. I could I could absolutely get down with eight. Eight would be good. Like give the give the five. Give it the power five. Doesn't yeah, matter. Give the power how five automatic. Right. Give yeah. the power five automatic entry with their conference championships. Give three at larges and have an eighteen tournament. That's it. Seems it's 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 right there for the taking. And, and the fourth at large would be a G five team. So it'd be UCF or whoever yeah, it is. Sure, sure. I love um, it. But, I love it. But but then on the other side, you have college basketball. It's just such a perfect tournament. You know, it, it's you got the the sixty eight teams and they just battle it out. But yeah, that's where I really kind of fell in love. I remember when I was really young. You know, I was seven, eight years old. And I remember I would fill out brackets, you know, I'd cut them out of the newspaper and I'd, oh. I'd fill them out. And, and you know, I, I've talked about my grandpa who passed away back when I was 18. And I've talked about his teaching me about sports. And that's really when I fell in love with sports. And college basketball is kind of that thing, college basketball and football. And, you know, he always, you know, we always watch college basketball, you know, with Vern Lundquist on TV and all these different people. And uh, that's really where I fell in love. And I've always loved it. And I think from a handicapping perspective, there's a lot of there's a lot of hidden things you can find where, you know, stats mean a lot. And, and you know, I think it's the easiest sport to cap as far as just because you can really run and hide. and You can find little things that no one really else is. Plus. You know, I think schematics are really important. You know, how does a team play against another? You know, how can they beat this def- defense that this team plays? You know, coaching edges, just finding info that, you know, no one can because you have the time. I, I think that's valuable. That is great stuff, man. And you really definitely, uh, you hit a nice uh, little memory uh, sweet spot there talking about cutting out the uh, the bracket yeah. and filling you know, out of the paper and filling it out. Shit, I used yeah. to do that too. I actually you know what my the favorite was. The the back Sports the Illustrated. Section. Sports yeah. Illustrated. Oh, they had it had too. A, yeah. They, yeah, the middle the middle pullout of the Sports Illustrated was my, my go-to uh, back in the day. Uh, I had that, uh, you know, run to the library and <laughs> rip that out of the Sports Illustrated. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, um, let me ask you a quick question. Uh, so, we get to, we're into the time of the year where people are probably, you know, there's, you know, it, there are probably a lot of people who are getting started handicapping college basketball. Um, and I like your kind of overall message there of like kind of selectivity is key and, and finding, you know, finding a couple of um, uh, matchups that suit you on any given night. Um, you know, is, are there, is there a, 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 a an is it important to kind of focus on certain conferences or certain teams even uh, to kind of help yourself like, uh, you know, get, get, get past the noise, stay away from the big games. Like, any other tips you would give to people who are just yeah, getting started? I, I would say there's a couple that I would point out. I mean, I think with the big games, you know, particularly in conference play is finding, you know, for, for instance, if let's say on a conference, you know, during a conference season, you're going to have your really, you're the best team in the conference. So let's say it's Kansas in the big 12 they're going to go on the road half the time and they're going to go play lesser teams that maybe aren't on the same level they are. But I found out that over the years, the bookmakers are always putting those games where the the lesser team is a small favorite and, and the line just doesn't look right. I think there's a lot of ways to fade the public in the big games, some of those conference games, the SEC, the Big 12. Uh, but as far as betting on a Saturday, I know Andy's mentioned that uh, before we got on the air. I, I think – for me, I would I would just find, you know, two or three conferences and kind of focus on them. I think if you just kind of go down the odds board and try to locate games, I don't think you'll do well because 
you, know, you have to have the know-how of being able to know something about these teams. You can't just blind bet them because they might have a new coach and a new system or, or, or you know, like someone today earlier mentioned to me that they like St. Peter's College tonight. And I, 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 I spoke to them about it and I said, Peacocks. Yeah, I, exactly. I said, <laughs> what do you like about St. Peter's? And I think it almost in a way he kind of felt like, well, this is the team from two years ago that was really good defensively and they had a great – um, the front court, and they were really good. The difference is they have a new coach, a totally new system. They're, you know, they have transfers that aren't eligible. You, you got to do a lot of that where you have to find out what's going on with some of these teams because some of them are totally different just because some of them are tired or, you know, yeah. they're down this year. You know, you got to look at that stuff. And I think with so many teams, unless you're someone like me who has the time to go through all of them, um, you're going to be behind and you have to kind of select it down to maybe. Do do it in your area, like where you live. Like for me, yeah. I'm really good with like the A10 and the AAC because you know I go watch these teams and I watch them plenty. And you know, I would say do that. You know, find some conferences that you like and and just kind of stick with them. I do it. Some at least, yeah, yeah, those kind of conferences. Um, and then yeah, know that it's like the college football. You know that I I can't. I don't have the time to like power rate and look at a hundred and whatever college football is like over a hundred teams. I don't have time for, and I hundred percent believe that, you know, there's professionals, people do it for a living. They have all day. They have time for a hundred, but I don't even, even a professional man, there's no way you can tell me like a professional has a really hard grasp on 350 teams day in and day out. You'd have to, you'd have to spend 20, 25, 30 hours a day working on that. So yeah, I, I like what you're saying as far as, you know, you, you know, you know, the teams, but even you who spends a lot of time on this is going to specialize in certain conferences. Sure. And I think you have and, to especially for, yeah, for the guys, especially, you know, the people that are, that are doing, yeah, specialize in the ones that are around you. It's going to be on the local Fox sports affiliate. Then at least you can watch them. Great call. It's good, man. Um, so fade the peacocks got that, uh, any other, uh, mid majors you're super high on as we head into, I guess. Yeah. I guess uh, anything, anyone you think, uh, keep an eye on, watch them early in the season, see how they match up against the big power fives. Cause come tournament time, they're going to be, uh, forces to be reckoned with. Yeah. I think, I think a couple of the kind of the big things is some of these conferences and just kind of some of the big boys are having down years. I mean, you look at the American conference, you know, Wichita state is down this year. They're, they're not that, they're, they're not that you know, 40, you know, 35 win team. That's going to go to the elite eight. They're not that team this year. You look at out in the pack 12, there's not a, there, there's not a, you know, Arizona's down. UCLA's down. Uh, USC's down. You know, all those teams are down. So you're looking at random teams like a, like a Washington, uh, you know, you look at the, the, um, the a 10, they're down Rhode Island's down this year. So there's a lot of, I think kind of movers and shakers that, you know, the big tens of down conference this year, you know, some of these, bigger teams that are known, you know, are they as good as they once were? No, a lot of them are having down years. So there's some sleepers. I have my eye on this year from an ATS perspective, St. Louis, the Billikens, I think they're a team to keep your eye on. I think they can win the a 10, um, you know, Travis Ford's done a really nice job. there recruiting and bringing in transfers as well. They were top 25 last year in scoring defense. They do a nice job defending, and now they have a added scoring punch with some transfers. I think they're a team to keep your eye on. Um, another team, UNC Greensboro, down in the Southern Conference. They could be a team that can win a game in the, the tournament this year. They're really good defensively. Uh, they were fifth last year in scoring defense. They have a really diminutive point guard that can lead an attack. 
good scorers. They're well coached under Wes Miller. Um, uh, those are a couple of teams that I have my own and conferences that I think they can definitely win. I really like Washington out in the Pac-12. I mentioned them. Uh, and South Dakota State, they'll be fun up in Andy's area. Uh, Mike Dom is the best player in the country no one talks about and probably the best pure dominator. Body. Yeah, he, he's a <laughs> terrific player. Um, and, um, I, you know, I want to come up and see that team play, but it's so difficult to get the Brookings from what I hear. Uh, I don't know if I'll be able to, but how, how would uh, you go? Be, I'll, be there for Brookings, I'll be there for Thanksgiving. Yeah, I went to school there. Interesting. I, my, yeah, my wife's are there, so I'm going to Brookings. I might even take a game in because it's actually a fun arena, even for you know it's way small. How would small someone school. get there from Philadelphia? <laughs> you would have to. You would fly into Sioux Falls and then drive. Yeah, it's like an hour, not quite an hour drive from Sioux Falls, but and I don't think there's a Philadelphia to Sioux Falls, so I'm thinking it's like probably Philly to Chicago to Sioux Falls, and then drive to Brookings. Yeah, it's a lot of those schools are like that. Like it's a, it's got to be a pain to try to travel to some of these. You kind of wonder how some of these teams do it. What's funny, Andy, because I, when I was down, I went to the Final Four uh, in San Antonio this year, and I was at a bar. They were kind of hosting uh, me and. Um, a friend of my blackjack Fletcher, we were down there hanging around and we got into touch with a kid that played at South Dakota state last year. He, he's now a graduate assistant there. And he told us, he's like, you guys got to come out for a game sometime. And I said, you know, Reed, I said, I'd love to come out, but it's not easy to get there. You know, I maybe off the catches on the road or, you know, maybe in Fort Wayne or somewhere where I can easily get to, uh, it'll be a lot more different, different, difficult to get out there. Cause there's no direct flight to Sioux Falls, you know? Oh, really? You just need to get a a show, you know, some kind of a a show or a gig uh, that uh, sends you around the country previewing uh, college basketball handicapping. That seems like a no no brainer. Yeah, that um, would be cool. You're right. <laughs> uh, okay, well, let's get into the NFL card. Thanks for all your insight there, and uh, by all means, uh, uh, best of luck to you this uh, college basketball season. Uh, I'm sure it will be as profitable as ever. And uh, we will catch you again as we get into the more interesting part of the season for sure. Um, but we are in the midst of the most interesting part of the NFL season right now. So let's fucking go. I can't wait to talk about football, man. I'm so freaking excited. The season has gone very well. Uh, we are getting an amazing response to this podcast. Thank you, as always, for tuning in and listening. Uh, and uh, we are going to really get into I the, saw your card. I don't think you're even pumped for this week. Ah, you know, actually, you know, what's, what's funny is that, uh, some, some of these weeks I've kind of felt, ho- you know, so, so about the plays and, and some of the weeks I've been like, I have so many, I got to narrow them down this week. I felt really strongly about a few of them. Uh, and then the other ones I was kind of like, yeah, medium about. So my, my, my confidence in terms of these plays this week is all over the map. Uh, and I have a low confidence play in on Thursday night football. Um, we see Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers uh, coming off of a pretty important win against the Miami Dolphins at home. That was a little bit of a of a sandwich spot for them, uh, but they covered they covered nonetheless because Brock Osweiler is trash. Uh, and uh, they head back on the road after two road tough road games preceding the Miami game, uh, and they head to Seattle this time. Tough trip from Minnesota, you know, from uh, from Green Bay to, to Seattle, uh, and a tough opponent in a Seahawks team that is desperate to get back on to a winning track after two losses to the Chargers and the Rams. Uh, Andy, do you think that uh, Seattle gets back on track here, or does is this the time of the season? Because it happens every year. 
Is this the time of the season that Aaron Rodgers goes on his, his uh, you know, magical run? But it's gotten weird because, you know, you, you come to rely on things like that, like Rodgers, you know, just getting rolling later in the year. And honestly, the Seahawks, too. Like, you used to always see that, especially, you know, at home later in the season, the Seahawks used to just be unbeatable. But, you know, the, the teams are quite a bit different now. The Packers have been, I mean, just – a little, uh, I know we, we kind of disagree on this, uh, on what we want to do with this game, but I saw this right away as an overbet. I'm just, Interesting. Uh, yeah, the Packers, I would start looking at, I mean, the Packers obviously played the Dolphins, and I, I'm not going to put them in the same stratosphere as a lot of teams. I shit on the Seahawks a lot preseason, but uh, the defense has looked a little better than I thought it would after losing all those players. And I'm like, well, if this is going to work out at all, if they're going to get any wins, Russell Wilson's going to have to carry them. I'll be goddamned if he is just able to do that every week anyway. You know, they're they're four and five, but he's he's playing great, even with a, a terrible line at times. They're they're absolutely in this game, especially at home, primetime in Seattle, short week. And then with, uh, it looks like KJ Wright's out. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So, I mean, two, uh, that's a big part of their defense that I just gave some props to. I don't think much of the Packers defense at all. They gave up, you know, almost, they've given up 31, 33, 29, 31 in the last yeah. four weeks. Like, yeah. I just, I'm, I'm not sold on the defense at all. I leaned, I leaned over. I might look at it. I haven't made a bet yet, but uh, that's my look here. I don't really have a feel for the side. I think they're. I think the line's probably square on. Interesting, interesting. Uh, Jeff, this being a loser leaves town match. I, I guess that's that's a little bit of an overstatement. I, I I will say Seattle loses this game, their season's over. It's done. You know, start start positioning yourself for the draft. Uh, Green Bay loses this game. Who knows? The NFC North is still so many games left between all the players that it's impossible to really rule anyone out. Um, but uh, do you think that uh, that gives Seattle in any way, shape, or motivation out here? Yeah, I mean, look, they're going to be a favorite at home because obviously they're home foot advantage. But this is really only saying that this is a basically a coin flip game, which it is. But here's where it's different. Aaron Rodgers is on one side. I love Russell Wilson, but again, the guy's run for his life. He's always running for his life. I wonder if Seattle can stop the run. This team's giving up five yards a carry. I mean, that's third worst in the NFL I have to wonder, I mean, with Aaron Jones, I mean, he's really come coming to his own. And I'm not saying that Seattle hasn't, but I just really haven't been that impressed, uh, you know, with the wins that they've gotten. They beat Dallas, the Lions, Arizona, and Oakland. Um, not, not exactly murderer's row there. I look at Green Bay's defense, and I've been more impressed than than embarrassed about it. I think it's been quite good. The problem that I have with Green Bay, though, is this team hasn't won on the road since – Week 14, 2017. So it's not a great spot. It's tough from both sides just because I like the Packers. I think they're the better football team, and I love Aaron Rodgers, but they they don't win on the road very often. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel for the guy because, you know, as a – I'm from Minnesota. I have to hate Aaron Rodgers, and I do because he's he's gotten to me a lot. But I do feel for the guy because he is still uh, an elite talent. It just he doesn't his receivers can't stay healthy, and then I mean the other guys that they've brought in. I mean 
he makes them look better than they are probably. He, he just doesn't have the receiving core he needs right now. Even And it's been nice. Aaron Jones, yeah. I mean, turns out they had something there, and that's a big help. But if you can't put some decent receivers around him, it's going to be tough. Yeah, and I think that actually is what plays into my angle here on the under. Um, I'm on under 48 and a half at uh, minus 105, I want to say. Um, no, actually, I got bet it even. Uh, under 48 and a half at even odds. Uh, and um, my angle really kind of boils down to exactly what you were saying. The passing weapons for um, for Green Bay are not uh, fierce enough to really strike any way, shape, or form fear in the heart of what I think is an improving secondary for Seattle. So they coach these guys up in Seattle, man. They know how to coach a D-back up to be in you know, a, a legitimate player, no matter where he's drafted. Uh, and I think it's going to be a tough road for, uh, for Aaron Rodgers on the road in a loud environment with a, you know, with an offensive line that has shown question marks at times. Um, and, uh, I think this is just going to be kind of a chess match sort of game. The importance is very, very high. It's a short week where you have, you know, not a ton of time to implement, interesting wrinkles to attack specific weaknesses in your opponent's game plans. I wouldn't be surprised at all if we see a lot of rushing from both teams, you know, relatively, we know Schottenheimer likes to rush the ball more than he ought to. Um, so you can count on some, some terrible play calling on the Seattle side of things. And uh, yeah, I think the emergence of Aaron Jones while long-term beneficial for the Packers this week might hamper their ability to really put up a huge total. Uh, I'm capping this one in the 24, 21 range. I can't really make a case either way for a side here. I think Seattle probably ekes out a win. Uh, but if you're going to hang a number like 49, which was in the opener here, that's awfully high. Uh, I sold down to 48 and a half. Uh, and uh, away we go. Let's have a, a really tight competitive Thursday night football game and get that thing in under the total. Again, not by any stretch of the imagination, one of my more confident looks of the week. Uh, I hate <laughs> hate the fact that uh, you know this this could be like a 13-10 kind of game going into the third quarter and Rodgers and Wilson just go chuck, 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 chuck and blow this thing up. So I'm going to have my finger on the uh, on the live over as we get you know into the later stages of this game uh, if it looks like the under is in good shape. Uh, and uh, we'll probably talk about that on the Periscope tomorrow, huh, Andy? Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, let's move into Sunday's card. Uh, first game on the on the slate here. I'm looking at uh, Cam Newton and Carolina Panthers coming off of a world class ass kicking against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, are now on the road again. This time in Detroit. Detroit looks like they have completely flopped. Uh, there is lots of rumbling in that locker room that Patricia is not the guy. Uh, they give up Golden Tate. That kind of is a vacuum of leadership in the locker room now. There was a lot in me that wanted to get on Detroit as a buy low spot here, but eventually with Carolina getting a little extra rest and so many question marks on the Detroit side of things, I had to bail. Uh, Andy, or did I make the right choice? Yeah. yeah I don't, I don't understand this. I guess I get it. It's a road game, but yeah, both teams kind of get the shit kicked out of them. Detroit a couple times in a row now, even though the the Vikings score, it's not like they beat them by that much on the scoreboard. But man, they really limited them. The, yeah, it's it's been a roller coaster ride for Patricia. It was oh, he lost the locker room. They got the shit kicked out of him by the Jets, and then they come back. They do what they did against the Patriots, and they're they're one of the teams. Like I'm just this is a no bet for me because I I can't make sense of Detroit throughout the season right now, and. 
the line feels probably about right. If Carolina's offense can get back on track and obviously a, an easier opponent this week, even though it is on the road, it probably does feel like they're about a touchdown better. So this is about right. And same thing with the total. Like yeah. It should be right around 50. Interesting. Uh, big man. Uh, this uh, interestingly opened up at three and a half. Uh, for in favor of Carolina on the road, implying that they're about yeah about a touchdown better or so uh, in on a neutral neutral field. Uh, Detroit has taken virtually no action. They are a stinky stinky dog at home in this one. Um, we've seen this season has been kind of a year of stinky dogs at home doing particularly well. Uh, is there a contrarian angle here on Detroit? Because we've seen Pinnacles not moving this number. Everybody else moved up to four. Uh, and was happy with, uh, you know, offering Carolina minus four. Pinnacle decided they were going to stand pat at three and a half. It sits there now at even juice. Uh, is there a contrarian angle on Detroit somehow? I, I mean, I guess the contrarian angle would be you hope that, you know, some of these defensive players come back. You know, Zico Ansa, Snacks Harrison, Darius Slay practice, you know, getting him back maybe. I think that would be the only one. But you, know, you look at the other side of the football, where does Detroit go from here? You know, no Golden Tate now. Uh, the run game has always been an issue. It's been an issue since Barry Sanders left, I think. Uh, you also look at the fact that Matt Stafford is not – he's on the, the, you know, the cusp of having, you know, if, if everything continues, not one of his better years. I mean, he, he's on pace to have a, a you know season low as far as passing yards. He's been sacked a ton. I mean, we saw that against Andy's you know, Minnesota Vikings. Um, they, they can't keep him upright. And I actually was listening to uh, – uh, a, a podcast recently about fantasy and a lot of those professionals on there were discussing how they don't want uh, Matt Stafford anymore. I mean, Matt Stafford's not a quarterback that's putting up big numbers anymore. Um, I think Carolina is, you can put numbers against them, but you got to wonder, I mean, they have a pretty good front seven. I mean, they're going to get the Stafford in this football game. I think the only contrarian angle is they're at home and they could be getting players back. Um, you know, okay. But I don't I don't see much any other reason to back Detroit. Okay. Well, here's something to look out for. Matthew Stafford, as poorly as he and I agree with your take on that, is as poorly as he's played this year, uh, when the chips are down and they're down 14 or 21 points, uh, Matthew Stafford will score for you, buddy. He will get you some points when they are completely out of the game. Uh, he is cashing live Lions tickets in second halves like nobody's business this season. Uh, did it a couple times in a row now. So uh, if you're if if this goes the way of Carolina early and this looks like a, a game that's you know not even going to be on red zone in the second half early in the, in the early time slots might 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 just want to keep an eye on uh, on live lines for the uh, for the Detroit Lions here uh, just so that you can get some of that. Uh, Stafford backdoor live money covers or that those backdoor covers. Um, let's talk about a more interesting game here with uh, the Dallas Cowboys, uh, the, uh, the the detestable Cowboys uh, heading to Atlanta. Uh, <laughs> can they beat another playoff team? Uh, the Atlanta Falcons looked utterly lost last week in Cleveland. I lost money on them, but I couldn't help myself. I ran right back up to the window to put a bet on Atlanta uh, on the opener here. They're at home. They're going to look better. It's going to be tough for Dallas to keep pace with this Atlanta team in that dome. I am not afraid of laying points uh, with this Atlanta offense behind me. Uh, Julio Jones finally clicking and throwing touchdown, you know, getting catching touchdown passes. He's on the streak, which is surprising and amazing, but here we are. Um, Andy, are you going to join me on Atlanta here, or do you think Dallas captures a little bit of that Sunday night momentum and and rolls right into Thanksgiving 
with the new uh, new lease on life. The new look, yeah, the new look Dallas got. No, I'd lean your way. I haven't grabbed it. There still are threes out there. I'm looking at how juicy they are right now. Is that what, is that what you ended up getting a three? I laid minus one thirteen on Atlanta minus three. This is the second highest juice I've placed all season after we got that early Minnesota minus three. If you remember against the Jets, you remember that one? That was like minus one fifteen. This is the only other time I've placed a bet over minus one ten so far this season, but it was worth it to get minus three. I think against this Cowboys team, uh, I'm capping this one twenty seven twenty one Falcons. Uh, I'm not really worried about the hook. It, I wouldn't necessarily you know, run to back three and a half, but I still think there's probably value there. Where, where are you, where are you at on this? Oh, I just sell to four. Yeah. I could be talking <laughs> yeah, exactly. to selling to yeah. like a plus, a plus money for, um, they are different at home. Different. I was sold on them. They, they looked good. You know, Washington, uh, they looked good. Like, Oh, they can play outside again. And then we back them and they absolutely laid an egg. And even the best teams will lay eggs. This, uh, this happens. I'm not saying they're one of the best teams, but boy, that really, that really screws with their trying to get back into the playoff picture. That's rough for them. They, I mean, this is kind of a last ditch effort probably to be relevant for the wild card. They need this at home. Uh, yeah. With them, I don't, I don't see them eking out a close game. I can definitely be talked to delay in the four. I'd lean them at home. I don't think Dallas is good. I, I mean, I've seen, I've seen more reasons to think Dallas is not a good offense than to think they are good. I think, uh, yeah, that prime. I think all the primetime games were a little weird last week. Yeah, you think we're going to see Deion Jones in this one, or is it a couple more weeks away? I have been following that. I, I hope so. Like that would help me back him. That would definitely be a benefit because uh, he's huge. Yeah, Atlanta. Atlanta's season just. I feel bad for them too. They it got just freaking derailed by injuries just right away. So yeah, I'm going to keep an eye on that. Interesting. And hopefully, Interesting. I, I don't. I don't. Have, I don't have a. I don't have any information you don't on that. So Yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm seeing him as a limited participation in practice, expecting to be a full participant by the end of the week. Uh, so hopefully he gets a, gets a couple snaps in here because he would be huge uh, to uh, help limit uh, Dallas's ability to score 27 again. That was kind of a shocker that they got 27 against the Eagles, I got to say, although I was on that over, so I was pretty happy about it. Uh, big man, uh, Cowboys just had a huge emotional win on Sunday Night Football. They basically saved their season. Their backs were against the wall. They threw the kitchen sink, blah, 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 blah. Narr- narrative, narrative, narrative. Uh, is this a good time to sell on this Cowboys team, or do you think that they momentum carries right through Thanksgiving? Because I'm probably going to back the Cowboys next week against the Redskins, FYI. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, look, I'm not really – and it's kind of interesting because they went on the road last week and, and played pretty well. But even the way they played, they, it still wasn't a, a – you know, the Eagles had a chance in the last play of the game to win. I mean, they, they, they weren't that good. I think it was Eagles just being that bad at times. Um, and, and obviously yeah. – with with the play calls, things like that, this team still is one and four on the road, and you know, only scoring sixteen points a game. I, I got to be honest, guys. I'm looking at this total, and I'm I'm kind of interested in the over. I mean, mm. we know Atlanta can score. Uh, that's not going to be a problem. And with Sean Lee not in there, I, I don't really have you know. Plus, you look at some of the defensive line: David Irving, Taco Charlton, um, Randy Gregory. All those guys uh, are, are limited. You look at what. Nick Chubb did last week to uh, to to Atlanta. I mean, this Atlanta team's given up five point two yards a carry. That's the most in the league. Okay, no one's giving up more per carry than them. Um, you have a guy in Ezekiel Elliott who was terrific last week. 
This this offensive line looked pretty good. Um, I, we know Atlanta's going to put up points. I'm willing to think Dallas can put some points as well. Total's only 48 and a half, and by Atlanta standards, that's not that's not bad actually. Um, they're Ooh. usually priced in the mid 50s. Um, you know, I, I'm just really going to see and hope that you know, if Deion Jones is in play, um, Dak should be able to continue to move this ball the ball against them. Um, we we all know they don't get stopped, so I'm kind of looking over 48 and a half here. That's a fun look. I kind of like. I I kind of dig that. I hadn't thought about it, but you make a great point. There's really not a great reason to hang totals in the 40s in this stadium. That no. that that turf is flipping fast. You're gonna and they have can't some, stop the run. Atlanta. They can't stop the run. Yeah, there, there's gonna be. Yeah, it's not like it's not like um, Dallas is gonna grind out four four three four four three. They're gonna get some 20, 15, yep. They're gonna get some gash big play runs. I, I completely see where you're going with that, and that makes it that makes a ton of sense. Um, I'm gonna have to think about that some more. Uh, I kind of like that look. <laughs> Let's talk about. Uh, I think at various points in the hey, well, podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over the last 23 games at home, Atlanta's went over in 16 of them. So yeah, yeah. and this team flies over the number uh, in that building. Yeah, yeah, interesting, interesting. Um, let's move down to the uh, Cincinnati Balto game. Uh, we don't have a line on this one yet because we don't know who Baltimore is going to try out there at quarterback. Um, and so I don't really want to get into breaking down a side or a total here. I just kind of curious, Andy, what do you do if you're the Ravens right now? What do you do with Lamar Jackson and Flacco? What do you do with your, you know, the rest of this season? What do you do with Harbaugh? If you're kind of calling the shots in Baltimore, what, you know, what, what is your game, game theory here? I don't think you do anything with Harbaugh. I think he's fine. He's a smart coach. They're few and far between. You don't need, I don't know if you need, a, you know, a great head coach. You need good, 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 innovative, smart coordinators that run a tight ship. And you need a coach that's not an absolute moron. And there's plenty of those in the league. So I think they should be more than happy that they have a half-decent coach, if not better. And I don't know what I think they should do, but I think even if Flacco's not hurt, I think they probably will just trump that injury up and and end up putting Lamar out there and kind of see where he can take him for the rest of the season. And it, it could be fun to watch, but it's definitely going to be – difficult for me to get involved in games with when you start throwing that kind of uncertainty in and a guy that just hasn't really, I mean, he's played a lot, but it's always been in weird sets where they're just throwing him in there as a receiver and stuff. So, okay. So yeah, that even it's a stay, it's a stay away game, no matter what for me right now. Interesting. Interesting. Um, so Jeff, uh, if, I agree. This is a stay away. I really, we, we got to see what, you know, we don't really even know what who they're going to try it out there. Let's assume it's Jackson though. If you're in like a, a pool where you got to pick every game for the week, uh, are you in the camp of, I can't wait to go out there and fade Lamar Jackson in his first ever uh, NFL start, or are you of the Cincinnati Bengals defense is trash and Lamar Jackson is going to eviscerate these guys. No, that, that, I'm not going to say he's going to eviscerate them, but I, I definitely <laughs> lean towards the latter of, I think they're a bad defense. Actually, they're a heinous defense and they're on the road. And, you know, look, I, I'm going to continue to say this. And can I swear on this podcast or no? Oh yeah. We, 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 uh, there's, there's no rules. Okay. The Bengals organization are complete fuckheads. They have no idea what they're doing. And their coach is a complete fucking idiot. He has no business on an NFL sideline. And until they get rid of him, they will not win anything. <laughs> then you add in this moron imbecile. 
Hugh Jackson, for some reason. I don't know why he did that. This team is just a mess. They're not good on defense. They're actually, like I said, heinous on defense. And, you know, I look at Baltimore. I think defense will keep them in this. We know they have a good defense. I think Lamar will be quite uh, be quite spry in this game, and I think uh, he'll give them a different kind of aura as a quarterback. They have some weapons on the outside, as we know. You know, this Cincinnati team's, I think, third in the, you know, third worst in the uh, league against the run. I just don't trust Cincinnati, really, any way you can shake it. We know what they are. We know what they're always going to be. I think at home, uh, I'll leave with Baltimore. I, I think they lead on that defense and make it difficult. I like that. Uh, Andy, actually, uh, Andy, uh, Jeff brought up a good point there that I hadn't really thought of. Uh, this is uh, added the- Hugh Jackson to the staff. <laughs> In what <laughs> situation is that a good idea? That's like, oh, <laughs> They put him on defense, too. Why did they put him in the defense? No, it would go good with his herpes. Some cancer. Yeah. (laughs) They had to have. It's not like he called it and he got any jobs. I'm sure they reached. Like, it's very baffling what is going on there. So, yeah, I'll yeah. agree with everything Jeff said about their front office, their <laughs> coach, and their team. I agree with you that you definitely don't want to treat herpes with cancer. That's a, not a good way to cure herpes. Um, what, what about uh, the fact that uh, Baltimore gets a second look at, uh, at Andy Dalton? And over the course of the last couple of years, it has been a lot of money to be made uh, fading uh, Andy Dalton the second time a defense gets to play against him. Uh, this Baltimore defense probably pretty angry. Uh, probably uh, gonna you know unleash hell on this guy. Uh, Cincinnati team total under make more sense. Yeah, it'll be. It's tough to say without numbers out there. Like it, it, this is a tough one to break. It looks like somebody did open numbers at one point. I'm think. Well, they only opened a, a Baltimore minus seven and a half at one or two books, that and then put them took them right back down. So it, it's tough to say. But yeah, like uh, I think the defense can have a heyday against this uh, Cincinnati uh, offensive line, and yeah, Andy Dalton. The only better thing is if it would be Andy Dalton in prime time, which is just a beautiful fade. <laughs> All right, well, let's move down to games where we do have hey, well, lines where we are. Yeah, sure. One more thing: in 15 years, Marvin Lewis has never won a playoff game. Never. <laughs> How is, is that good? <laughs> is that bad? Is this is this bad? It's amazing. Uh, he and he's locked in for like ten more freaking years. I, I don't understand it. It's it's so bizarre. I, the answer is uh, Cincinnati is not in it to win it. Uh, they make money. They make money no, yeah. as a franchise. They, they make money as a, as a franchise, and that is that. Yeah. It, it, it is what it That's is. That's all they care they, about. They they make they they uh, they hit the salary floor for an NFL team. They connect. They collect those. Um, uh, they collect those TV rights money uh that's split amongst all the owners they sell out as many you know, they sell however many games the tickets they sell and then they uh uh and then they don't really give two shits about what's out there on the field as far as i can tell you uh let's talk about tennessee and uh, houston and indy um interesting afc south clash uh marcus Mariota and andrew luck look to be uh firing right now uh Mariota and tennessee turned the corner in london uh, and uh, Indianapolis and Andrew Luck are, you know, are a formidable force on offense. They just come off a huge win against the Jags, the Jags at home. Um, probably should have covered that three. Uh, gave up a backdoor push, I guess, to the Jags in that game. Um, and uh, yeah, this is uh, this looks like a pretty competitive match against uh, two teams that should be able to move the ball on each other. Do you have a lean either way, side uh, or total here, Andy? 
Oh, you know how I feel about Indy. Like, I think I've fallen in love with them a little too much, but uh, Tennessee has played better. I, I Man, we called them dead for a while, didn't we? Yes, we they, did. they were just trash, especially they after dead that Baltimore game. Like, what, what, what was that Baltimore game? And then you get some of the performances they've had. Not that I'm going to give, again, going back to giving Dallas any credit. Like, let's not call that a great win. But uh, I guess it, it is strange. Like, before the season, if you'd have said – you know, you got Indy hosting Jacksonville and Tennessee in two consecutive weeks, and they'd be a bigger favorite against Jacksonville, albeit not by much. But that's uh, that wouldn't have sat well with me before the season. That wouldn't have made a lot of sense because I I, I wouldn't have saw Jacksonville doing what they did. Um, who did? I wouldn't have understood why and, they would have been favorites at all. And yeah, yeah, that's that's true. That's true. I guess if you just want to say the the lion comparatively. If anything, uh, you know, people might pile on this as a letdown spot for Tennessee. That was a huge monster win. They just truck sticked, you know, uh, New England. I haven't looked at the stats on this one real close. I haven't looked at some of these uh, some of these AFC games quite yet. But uh, I hate to lean Indy just because we're sitting on Indy futures. But boy, I'd love to see them win for those. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I got involved on the over here. I'm looking for over 48 and a half. Over 49. Sorry, I played over 49 minus 105. Um, this is a uh, this is a look here for me uh, with the. I went out of order. Sorry, guys. Um, this is a look here for me with the uh, with the. Um, uh, Colts defense not really. Did you, did you play this over? Oh yeah, I did. Play, oh, yeah, I did play this. Defense over. is trash. I did play this over. Sorry, I was I was going down in rotational order, and we should have gone to mini Cincy, mini Chicago after Cincy Baltimore. But I fucked up. Sorry about that. Um, I screwed yeah, up. We should save that for last anyway. Got flexed. Yeah, I'll save that for last anyway. Um, so we swap. We, we flexed. We flexed Tenny Indy up in the rotation and Cincy and a Chicago mini down. Um, yeah, no, I'm looking for over 49 in this one. Um, I'm think I am expecting to see uh, an Indianapolis defense that is overmatched. Uh, this Indy defense is extremely poor, uh, and Indianapolis and their approach is kind of like we don't really give a fuck about that. Uh, they are just going out there and slinging it. Andrew Luck is throwing the ball 40, 50 times a game. No reckless abandon. They don't care if they put putting their defense back out there on the field. They're more concerned about what they're doing on offense. Um, they have a nice, uh, a nice little kind of. Uh, I, I just, I really like Reich's, Frank Reich's approach overall. The way he's sequencing plays right now is awesome. The way he is, um, you know, drawing up uh, specific uh, play design is awesome. Uh, and the way Andrew Luck is slinging it is uh, impressive. So I think Indy is a live, you know, is a live small favorite, small home chalk here. Interesting that they hung it at minus two and a half, uh, basically asking for Tennessee money. Uh, you're asking for public to invest in Tennessee if you're, you know, if you're laying, you know, if you're, um, you know, hanging them as two and a half point dogs against Indianapolis a week after they beat the Patriots by 30, 34 points. What was the, what was the final t- total there? 30, really 20, they've been by 24, 24. Yeah, points. I, I think what you're, what you're saying is uh, kind of making me lean the, especially if we see Tennessee money and we see this come down a little, maybe flip, flip favorites. If I could get Indianapolis team total, uh, it gets down to like 24. Boy, that's a sexy number. They're going to score. It's on, the, it's on the indoor turf there. How do they? How do they, even if it was twenty five, twenty six? How do they not get there? I love that indie offense right now. 
Yeah. It's a nice look. It's a nice look. It's a nice spot. Um, let's, uh, uh, let's see here. Um, I guess, let me ask you real quickly, uh, Andy, uh, the loser of this, you know, the, the winner of this, um, of this game, Andy, Tennessee, still in the hunt for the AFC South. I think the losers probably in the driver's seat for the sixth, you know, or, or at least um, if they don't win the South one, you know, whoever wins this game is going to be in prime position to snatch that sixth seed, the second wild card in the AFC. Um, you know how, I guess once the dust settles, is this like the most important game, you know, of these two team season? It's up there, but like we've said numerous times, there's so many games left, interdivision games, and especially in this division. It's like every week two of these teams are going to be playing. But, yeah, this is monstrous if you want to make a run at at the division. But I think we, we, we've kind of awarded the fifth wild card, the fifth seed, the first wild card to the Chargers or the Chiefs. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, definitely I, I do see – I do see a, a wild card coming out of this division, if especially if Baltimore and Cincinnati continue to scuffle. So, okay. it, it, even if you don't end up making a run and and overtaking the Texans, it's going to be really important for that kind of that kind of uh, positioning. Jeff, they all uh, are. It's a short season. The NFL is. is short. It is. It's only sixteen games. I've been told. Uh, Jeff, uh, you got uh, Colts and, and uh, Titans lean either way, and I guess uh, either of these teams you think uh, make the playoffs. Yeah, I, I I was actually lucky enough. I had the Jags plus three last week, and I was almost I was always happy. I thought it felt like a win, frankly. But yeah, you know, I I, I kind of downplayed losing Frank Reich as a coordinator. I kind of thought, well, you know, that's all Doug Peterson. That's his smart, you know, him being smart. But I think we're kind of seeing maybe it wasn't. It was a lot of Reich and DeFilippo, and I've been impressed with the Colts. They've looked good. I think. I think, well, you were a bit hard on them defense. I think you both were, Frank, and I think you owe them an apology. I think against the run, <laughs> I think against the run, they're actually quite good. I think they're twelfth in the league, and they're only giving up about three point eight yards a carry. I think Hooker, Hairston, you know, because uh, a couple of those back end guys, I think they're okay. I don't know that I don't love Tennessee moving the ball. I mean, Mark Smith has the fewest touchdown passes in the league. Uh, we know he runs. That's kind of his thing. And this team's actually pretty good against the run. At home, I'd probably look to – I'm not a big fan of laying two in the NFL. I kind of just want to just suck Mind it up. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. think the Colts are, are a really interesting team. I, I'm I'm kind of happy that Andrew Luck's back because they were so dreadful without him. Do I think either of these teams make the playoffs? I think in the AFC, I, I think they – I think they could maybe sneak in. I think Tennessee's playing well. Both teams need this game. It should be a fascinating game. I'm not sure if it'll have my money, but I, I kind of think the Colts are, are surprisingly maybe a, a bit better. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, okay. So I think, uh, you know, so I'm playing the over here. I think the loser of this. The loser's out. The loser's out. The loser's out. Yeah. And, but uh, as far as scoring points go, I think the loser of this matchup gets into the 20s. And I think the winners in the high 20s or maybe even low 30s. Uh, Colts, Colts just play to the over, especially in this controlled environment. And the way, you know, the pace of play, the way that they're, um, you know, clicking right now. And, and to a degree, Tennessee kind of figuring it out on offense. Uh, Matt LaFleur and company kind of doing some nice uh, play design uh, we saw against the Patriots. I think they can do that, re- replicate that against the Colts. Um, so it should be a fun game. I'm on the over. Uh, I, would maybe like it's... Lot, I would like Tennessee a lot more if they didn't win the game on Sunday. Interesting. Interesting. So if they had had a close loss against the uh, the Pats, you're unloading on Tennessee in this one. 
Oh, I, I probably like, I don't know if I'm unloading, but I, I, I would probably like them a bit more. I mean, I feel like, I mean, I guess there's a way of looking at maybe it'll, it'll motivate them in a way, but it, you know, it, it now you, you're going on the road and you know, it's, it's not a letdown game. It's just, I feel like, you know, maybe they're too full of themselves. I don't know. Mm, okay. Okay. Well, hopefully the defense is the side of the unit that's too full sure. of themselves and the offense clicks. So my yeah, over makes sure. it home. <laughs> you don't really care, right? I don't know. Uh, let's talk about uh, Eagles Saints. Uh, great, great game. Um, you tipped a, tipped your hand a little bit about how you feel about this one in the opener there. Um, Saints, I have stepped in front of them now three weeks in a row, uh, and I came oh so close to doing it again. I really wanted to play the Eagles in this spot. This feels like a classic spot where the Eagles have to they have they have to bring their best. They, you know, there's they lose this game, and they're now they not only do they not only can not control their own destiny, they need other people to uh, to come back to them. That's a problem. Um, I think you're going to see an offense here that pulls out all of the stops. Uh, I think the Saints' defense can be scored up. I don't think the Saints' defense is like this some particularly impressive unit, uh, and I think they're going to you know if you can give Carson Wentz a little bit of time with the healthy offensive line in this game, I think the Eagles are going to be able to pick them apart uh, and score some points. The question is. Drew Brees can do pretty much whatever he wants against the secondary that has, you know, a bunch of Jags. Uh, and so I'm looking for an over here. Um, big man, is there anything else that you want to add to looking for an over in this particular spot? And I, I, Yeah, I, I think, I, th- I think if you're betting the Eagles, here, I, I got to ask you, like, why do you want to sit on your hands and trust nobody's in the secondary when if you think they're going to win, they're going to have to score points. So why don't you just bet the game over? I mean, I I don't understand the thinking pattern between but behind betting Eagles here. I mean, I I don't because you know they're going to move the ball against the Saints. If you think they can win the game, they're going to have to move the ball, and you know New Orleans is going to move the ball. I mean, when I say the Eagles are bad, going to be bad on defense, I, I just don't how how it's possible that they're not. I mean, they're going to literally have guys off the street playing corner this week. That that's really <laughs> what it comes down to, and, and I'm not sure that. You know, with with the elusive listen, I think right now in the NFL, right now at this on this whatever day it is, the 14th of November, the best quarterback in the NFL is Drew Brees. Bar none. He can do more. He can he's just the best quarterback there is right now. Tom Brady looks old. Aaron Rodgers just just I mean he's good. We know he's great, but right now the best quarterback is Brees. I'd want him on my team over anybody. I just think I think this is 41 28 something like that i think it's a high scoring game i I think the game gets well into the 60s i'm looking way over interesting andy uh do you agree with us on the over and if not is there a side that really you know stands out to you in this one boy that big number oh i forgot man saints are in the teasers teaser zone for you aren't they the, the t- Saints are probably getting teased if it drops down low. I think you'll you got to see a little resistance against this nine. I think you'll, if you see some Eagles money, we see some eight, eight and a halfs because it doesn't take big money to move off a nine. It's not a, some key number that they're going to sit pat on. If we see any Philly money come in this weekend, Saints will probably be in a teaser. They, they probably deserve this line, especially at home. That offense is just clicking on all cylinders. Usually after a team does something like that and everybody says, boy, that offense, they're going to go out there and score like uh, 13 points. But that's the risk you take betting the NFL, I guess. And, uh, yeah, that, that over – I mean, it, it's the 
high, second highest total on the board. There wasn't a ton of fifties this week. Yeah, Only it's because the Pats are on by. And then, there's a couple other yeah. big scores. And one is in the sixties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's, that's right. True. Yeah, I, I certainly, I, I even the way their offense looks, I hate laying a two score, two score favorites. Just the ugly backdoor hurts so bad, and uh, I, I definitely would look to tease them. They're hot. They're my Super Bowl preseason Super Bowl pick when we were on with Nadu earlier in the year. That's right, man. I forgot about that. Good, good call. Um, hey, guys, Chargers. Yeah, go ahead. Hey, guys, go ahead just throw one thing out. I think you know the one saving grace I think Eagles fans are using this game is back in 2015, uh, the Eagles were four and seven. They were having a year similar to the one that we're in now, and uh, they went on the road up to New England and faced New England, and there was no chance in hell that they would win the game. And they went in and beat beat New England that day, 35-28. Oh, uh, it I was remember that. Yeah, I think a lot of people remember in this town, and it, it's a very similar situation here. I mean, you're going on the road. You know, you're taking on, you know, the best team in the league. I mean, they had a block punt in that game. They had a pick six. Um, they also had a punt return in that game. You know, unlikely that all that stuff happen, happens. But, you know, Chip Kelly, those that team was on a three-game losing streak, and, and it kind of propelled them back in to, to kind of maybe they can make a run and maybe they could do something here. Um, so I, I think that's your one saving grace. But th- this that team then – I, they had a lot more weapons on defense than this one has now. So yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, if if the Eagles get a cover here, uh, I think they it's because uh, the Saints have gotten it done with exceptional offensive line play and protecting Breeze and having him get the ball out quickly. Yeah, and they, a, yeah, they lo- they lost so their tackle. Pro joke. There's no public on the Eagles. That's stone no. cold sharp square play. Stone. Yes. Cold. Yeah, that's true. Um, Saints lost their one of their all world tackles. Armstead's out for this game. Uh, yeah, that's rough. The only the only thing you can really say positively about the Eagles is that their D line is legit. Uh, and uh, Jim, the only nice thing we can say about Jim Schwartz is he can coach up a D line. Uh, he can't coordinate defense very well. That's for sure. I but, think a lot of it though has to do with talent <laughs> and the people we it's have. All talent. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you look at the you look at who's on the line: the, uh, Michael Bennett, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. I mean, you even lost Derek Burnett. I mean, Haloti Nada's back. I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with talent. I, I, again, I will not give him credit for anything. He's a loser, <laughs> and he. I don't think he deserves credit. Okay, don't. well. If uh, if Philly gets the cover here, I think it's based on the their sure. defensive right. line plays like out of their minds, and they yeah. have a hap- they happen to have a good matchup because of the Saints' injuries on the offensive line, uh, and they, they just happen to ruffle Drew Brees enough that it gives their offense you know a foot in the door to score some easy points, and maybe they get some special teams like you said. Maybe they uh, maybe maybe Golden Tate and uh, Carson Wentz absolutely have a connection in this one and build some chemistry. Who knows? Um, It'll be a fun game though. Uh, and I'm 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 liking the over as well here. Anything in the Superdome, you're hanging in the fifties. Uh, as we saw last week, the Saints can get damn close to this total by themselves uh, if they're feeling in the mood for it. Um, let's keep moving down the card and talk about uh, Houston versus the Washington Redskins. Uh, weird, weird uh, situation here with the line. I ended up steering completely clear of this game because this has traps written all over it. Uh, Houston Texans. 
a team I've been itching to fade for a couple of weeks now. Redskins, a team I've been itching to fade for a couple of weeks now. They hang the Texans as two and a half point favorites on the road, which seems like way too many points. Uh, but do you really have confidence that the Redskins can get another tough win here against a team that can do some things on offense? Uh, and so this is this is a, was a, an easy stay away for me. The total looks way too low, uh, but can you really count on the Redskins to not you know just score three points or something dumb? Uh, a too way too much uncertainty in this one to keep you know find anything confident to play on a side or a total. So I'm steering clear. Um, can you make a case for uh, Houston or Washington in this one, Andy? This is one of those where, again, where I look at a team and I say, I got a couple teams every week that I look as maybe play-ons or play-against, and some of those run for weeks on end, and when two play-against teams run against each other, that sucks, because I want to <laughs> fade both of these teams right now, and it sucks. As do I. I you know, so what, what do you do when you have two fade teams? I guess you take the dog, but... I still, I'm not getting in bed with either of these teams right now. They are both much, they're both, they're both worse than they, or they're both playing better than they should be. I don't know how to make sense of that. These are not two teams that I guess really were thought of as teams that could win their divisions. And they're both looking like they might start running away with it. It's a little goofy. Uh, Stay away. That total, I think it's going to trick people into thinking it's a little low. I think that might start to get, even though it did drop off the 43 right away, some people got involved in that under, but I bet you see that total get steamed up on Sunday and that might be a gross one for people, a 2017 kind of game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeff, is it a week early to really want to fade the uh, the Redskins and uh, I guess looking into the future, uh, Redskins have a uh, big time Thanksgiving matchup against the Cowboys on uh, on deck next week. Uh, any, Ooh, you know, look at yeah, any I guess are we pulling for a Redskins win here so that we can get an even better price on the Cowboys next week? What's what's the angle here? Well, you know, as an Eagle fan, I, I'm I'm pulling for a loss. I mean, obviously, but I, I gotta be honest. I, I I thought listen, I'm I'm gonna come out and say it. I picked Houston to go to the Super Bowl. And, and they started out 0 3 and I thought, okay, well, goodbye to that ticket. Well, now they're six and three. And you know, they've won on the road and won. You know, they they've they've had a nice mix. I think defensively they're pretty good, frankly. And I just – Washington's just a bit inconsistent for me. You know, you look at really when they step up in competition, I guess per se, you know, at New Orleans, lost that game, played Atlanta. That That's a kind of a team on their level, lost that game. They beat Carolina, which I guess you could you could write home about, and you know, that's a pretty good win, beat Green Bay. They've, they've done their thing this year. I, I just think – Houston's kind of rolling right now, and I'm not really looking to step in front of the train. But you know, this watch team is five and one as a dog this year. If you can come across what I'm saying, I'm very jumbled in this matchup. Same. I don't really know where to go. Um, I, I lean Houston. I just really don't want to step in front of this group right now, and I have a soft spot for them. But um, I think Andy's kind of onto something maybe with that total. Both these teams six and three this year to the under. Um, they played real low. Um, you know, four or five Houston games in the road have gone under. Both these teams pretty solid from a defensive perspective. I, I kind of see the game like he does. You know, maybe a twenty-one seventeen, you know, twenty thirteen, something like that. Um, it's it's you know, this is the weather's not great up here. Uh, yep. Who knows if we have wind or whatever? I kind of lean under myself, but it's a pass for me for the most part. Okay, sounds like we're in pretty good agreement on this one then. Um, Let's uh, let's talk about Tampa Bay versus the Giants. Uh, Tampa Bay, things are not right 
in the in in the uh, locker room with the coaching staff. Uh, the fact that they you know accrued 500 yards last week and scored three points is <laughs> like mind blowing. Like that's it's like impossible. Like if you look at like the you know yards versus points scored in the NFL over all time, like it's such an outlier. It's like the one dot that's nowhere near the cloud. Um, and yet, uh, you know, we have a co- head coach cutter after the fact comes out and is like, oh yeah, no, I took play calling back. And it's like, okay, what's the deal here? Like things were clicking. The offense was doing well under Munkin. Uh, I, and oh, by the way, kind of the kind of offensive coordinator, if you're looking for a head coach next year, I'm giving that guy, I'm kicking his tires. I want to see if, uh, if he's got, you know, if he's the next, you know, hot thing in terms of offensive coordinating, um, in the, uh, in the NFL. Um, but wow. with, uh, with a guy like Cutter, Colin plays all of a sudden. Uh, this Tampa Bay team seems ripe to be faded some more. Uh, and you have a Giants team coming off a huge Monday night football win. I didn't think that they played even to their potential in beating the Niners on the road 27-23. They left a lot of plays out there on the field. They needed some help from the refs to get uh, that win. But it's a little bit of momentum for a crew and a coaching staff that is desperately trying to get things right in New York. I don't like the Giants whatsoever as a team long-term. I don't like the way they've constructed this roster. I think Dave Gettleman is a disaster as a GM experiment, and they need to move on sooner than later. But all that said, I can't help myself but get kind of into this Giants minus two. They should not be this small a favorite against a team in Tampa Bay that is as dysfunctional as they are. And that looks like they like has a coach that looks like he's actively trying to get fired. Guy is like asking to be fired and they won't do it for some reason. So, you know, this, this to me sets up as the type of, you know, sneaky game where after the fact the coach gets fired and it's like, wow, boy, did that team quit on that coach hard. Like that was impressive. This is, this is that game for me this week. I can't help myself but back the giants. I'm laying two and a half here at, uh, at plus something. Oh, anyway, I lost my, lost my number here. Uh, but I'm going to, I'm going to get involved with the giants here and, uh, look for them to get a, uh, Look for them to get a win against a team that quits. Uh, Andy, uh, do you want to try to talk me down from this one? Because this was a, this was a pretty weak play. I gotta say. Yeah, what was my 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 offensive coordinator narrative? Like, if they do give Munkin play calling right back, like what a what a motivational spot for him as far as that's true. Well, I'm gonna show I'm gonna show this dipshit took away my play calling. This is gonna be he's gonna coordinate the game of his life. Um, I, I don't love. I don't love the Giants. They have some talent. They have some talented offensive players. They just no show for games at, at a time. And honestly, Tampa Bay too. If uh, it you get you get two different Fitzpatrick's or fit, yeah, I, I can't even think of like what his real name is. I just want to say Fitzmagic. Fitz, Fitzmagic and Fitztragic. I had to, I had to sit and think if that was even the right way to say his name. So uh, he, you know, that's a team. If 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 they're clicking with those receivers, they can drop forty on you in a in a in a heartbeat. This total show, obviously, it's a total sitting at fifty two with a Giants team that hasn't put up a ton of points at times. So, not something I want to get involved with because yeah, you don't know. Like, are are you going to get Fitzmagic that's just going to beat the shit out of you with hitting some deep balls, or are you going to get Fitz Tragic and the Giants win by twenty mm, and, well, and not look good doing it? When you read when you read the uh, the quotes coming out of the locker room, this Tampa Bay team is like uh, Oakland Junior to me. 
It really is. Like these guys, they all like they, it's coming from the coach, the co- the head, the fish rots from the head, and uh, and Dirk Cutter is asking to be fired. He did it in a press conference for fuck's sake this season. Uh, it's it's really something to behold, and I feel like this might be one of the last chances to really get a damn decent number to fade this Tampa Bay team. Uh, I know that there's no love lost between Philly and New York, uh, big man, but uh, you got you got. Is there is there any hope here that the uh, that the Giants do something positive for me on Sunday? Yeah, I, I think there's definitely hope. I I, I actually kind of agree with you guys. I, I think this is a game where. I think you really maybe look at the end of the game and say, what are we doing here with Cutter? I mean, maybe this is a fireable kind of game uh, where they go in and lose to the Giants and they lose by two touchdowns. Um, I got to be honest. I often wonder how Todd Munkin is an offensive coordinator in the NFL. (laughs) I mean, this guy was 13 and 25 at Southern Miss. He didn't win any bowl games. And in two of the seasons, he won four games combined. I I often wonder how he's a coordinator and where he'll go in his career. But I think you're right, Well, Capper. I, I see a lot of weird, bad things coming out of T- Tampa. And I'll be honest, I think they could be one of the worst defenses we've ever seen at this level. Um, they're really bad. They just seem like every game. And other than last week, uh, they've been shredded all year, as we know. I don't know. I, I kind of like the Giants at home here. I think they're a bit better defensively. I can at least trust them. I think offensively with Saquon and the offensive line's better, I guess. It's not great. It's better. They have some yeah. weapons, you know? Um, yeah. It's all about Eli. He doesn't turn the ball. <laughs> he doesn't act normal. They'll win. I like him at home. I just can't get involved with Tampa right now. Giants still looking for their first home win this season. Uh, I think they get it done. I really do. Uh, but you make some good points. It's, it is all about Eli and uh, boy. It's... Yeah, you got two quarterbacks that can be so polar opposite of, you know, from one game to another. It's a high variance game. I think this one is. Okay. Okay. Maybe a good reason to just go a little later on it then. Okay. Let's uh, let's cruise down the card and talk a little bit about another uh, a divisional matchup. First time this season we are seeing the Broncos versus the Chargers. Uh, I think. Is that right? <laughs> I'm pretty sure they play They play Week 17 as their rematch. So this is the first uh, Broncos-Chargers tilt. Broncos probably should have fired their coach in the bye week. They did not. Uh, Vance Joseph and company head out to L.A. Uh, to take on a Chargers team that tends to play down to their opponents. Uh, they have not beaten the doors off of bad teams like we've seen with other um, you know, other top tier teams. Uh, but all, you know, all that said, it's, you're not asking a lot, uh, to, you know, to beat, uh, a Broncos team by just seven and a half, seven points, uh, when the Broncos look like, you know, an absolute, uh, you know, a, a, a shell of the former defense, uh, that they're trotting out there on the field. Uh, and, uh, you know, what was what was your quote, Andy? The Chargers gonna gonna get theirs in this one. Uh, how do you how do you yeah, approach Chargers uh, this side total? Yeah, is it is it a Chargers team total again? Or are we going back to that? Well, we probably are. I mean, this is a low you're, total. You're right. They just forty six. They just and a half. don't. They don't put teams away. They aren't going to cover bigger numbers. It's especially getting on the other side of seven. So you're looking at yeah, you're looking at like Chargers. It's going to be twenty seven. Twenty seven. Twenty seven at home. I could get down with that before. I, I I don't think I'll have a play in this, but I would rather play the Chargers get to 27 than the Chargers cover by eight or more. Yeah, like that's that, a good, I, that's a good angle. Back to Chargers. And yeah, the, it's another coach that probably should be on his way out. I don't know how they're, if they're going to be playing much for him. They, they don't seem to know what they're doing up there. 
they mismanaging a really good defensive player's career right now. And yeah, uh, I, I said this preseason. It, it sucks because we, we make these calls preseason and some of them are terrible. Like we fucked up on a few of those. We had some bad calls, but I think my case Keenum won't be that good again. Call is coming to fruition. Yeah. You were, you were way ahead of the market on that one for sure. Um, so that, I mean, if, if you don't have a good court, if you, if you make a quarterback change and you make a bad decision, you're not going to go to the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there is a little bit of a contrarian angle here on the Denver Broncos to cover um, a number as low as seven and a half in division is, you know, I mean, a number as high as seven and a half in division is, you know, it was, it was the spot where you want to grab the dog. Uh, no one, no, no, none of the public is running to back uh, Denver, even though they're coming off the buy and oh, no. road. Off the buy on the road has been a sneaky good spot against the spread this season for whatever that's worth. Uh, and, uh, you know, I thought and I looked hard at Denver. I only, it was This is like first play off the card. Uh, I ditched this one at the last minute to back the Giants. We'll see if that ends up biting me in the ass. Um, big man, you got a, a, a lean on the side or the total in this one? Yeah, this is a tough one. I mean, I, I'm, not, uh, I'm not ever real into laying a touchdown or more with – the charges. I mean, I just, I don't know. I, they, they just seem like they always play in field goal type games, but you know, you look at Denver, I, I think they definitely should have, you know, Vance Joseph's another question. Well, how he got a job in the NFL. Um, you look at their, yeah. They're only winning their last seven games is Arizona. Um, you know, the run defense has been good. I don't love Keenum. Keenum, Keenum is Keenum. And I think we start, we've started to see, the Keenum is just always going to be Keenum. Remember that throw in the uh, the Chiefs game he didn't make? And it's like, you know, if that's any other quarterback, like a high-level quarterback, they make that throw. But that's Keenum. That's who he is. Uh, I don't yes. know. I have this, yeah. is a tough, this is a tough, tough game. I mean, I think you make a good point, though, Will Capper, with di- like a team off a of bye. You know, but it is on the road. It is, you know. Pseudo on the road, I guess. Yeah, well, true. Good point. Uh, you're still traveling, though. And. Yeah, this team has on the road. They're one and three. Um, they've given up over twenty five points a game, which is kind of off what Denver usually does. And look, Philip Rivers, for as, as much of a failure as he is in the postseason or, or lack of, <laughs> he is having an MVP type of season. I mean, he's it's true, man. How about that? That Philip Rivers and Drew Brees are two of the better quarterbacks in the NFL this year. That's funny, and they'll always be connected that way. Always will be. Always yeah. will. I like all your points there. Uh, I'm going to think about that game some more, but uh, probably in the end, if anything, I'll play the Chargers team total over or stay away entirely. And uh, yeah, man, you're, you nailed it on Case Keenum. That overthrow to the Chiefs, that it was like, just snip that, snip that little five seconds and put that on his Wikipedia and you don't even need any words. Uh, <laughs> well, he, just, he just got, he got bailed out all last year. He got bailed oh, yeah. out by, by, uh, by Diggs and Dillon. It's true. Yeah. Um, let's spend a hot second on Oakland, Arizona. No, we, <laughs> we have to dude. Arizona is the team that is going to cover spreads and win you money all throughout. the week. Yeah, I, I am telling you, I'm telling you guys, they, their defense is hungry. They're, they're sorry. They're pissed that they didn't get as good a start as they wanted to, to the season. Um, Byron Leftwich actually looks like he knows how to properly deploy David Johnson. That was a really fantastic move, ditching McCoy and giving uh, Leftwich the play calling duties. Um, and uh, I think they pretty much picked their number here against Oakland, who has legitimately quit. They, like, there's no, there's as no much as I've guessing. seen a team quit <laughs> ever. <laughs> yes, 
I and remember the Giants. The they look Giants, just so damn. You remember the Giants last year? They were super quitty. This Raiders team has quit even harder than that. And it's in now they got to travel on the road. Uh, this is the seven tunes of quitting. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. No, I think uh, Suma did kind of talk me into looking at Arizona. That's anything under a touchdown. Cause, and like, and then I, I got to thinking about it. Like Arizona, you know, they're going to cover as a dog here a bunch, I bet. But how many, how many chances do they have for like a, we're going to win and we're going to win big. This We're going to let our young quarterback go out there, rip it around and beat the shit out of somebody. That's a, that's a good, that's a good feeling for a, a young team. Eh, maybe not a youngest, but you know, it has some young pieces, especially. I think in they're the youngest team in the NFL. Like, are they? I knew I they so. were, they were close, but I, you know, there are, there are some veterans, obviously you got Larry F there. Larry F. Yeah. It would be awful nice to see, you know, I like Rosen. He was one of the highest. I was the highest on him out of the young quarterbacks, uh, the rookie quarterbacks. I think he's looked good even without receivers. Yeah, it it would be nice. I would love, even if I don't get involved, I'd love to see him have a good game and just beat the shit out of the Raiders. It would be so great. See like David Johnson run for a couple touchdowns. See Larry Fitzgerald catch a couple. See uh, Patrick uh, Peterson take a pick six back. Uh, there's just mismatches all over the place. The Raiders offensive line has specifically quit. Like they're like legitimately going to let Derek Carr just get absolutely run down. And you got a pretty fierce pass rush for the Cardinals that should just make life absolutely living hell for the Raiders here on Sunday. Uh, I laid, we talked about this on Sunday on the, uh, on the earlier pod this week, I grabbed Arizona minus four minus one Oh four. It's up to five. It's going to six. It's going to keep going. There are bad injuries on the side of the, uh, uh, of the Raiders that will continue to bring sour news in on this, uh, black franchise. So, you know, might as well grab it while you can. Uh, but anything under a touchdown, I think is worth playing here. And I think the Cardinals get it done in style. I agree with you. Um, Big man, you got a uh, a little Chargers love down the home stretch here. I mean, sorry, Arizona Cardinals love down the home stretch. Yeah, listen, guys, I, I hate to do it, but I don't see it I, again. Oh, Arizona's been a favorite one time this year, and they didn't cover. You got to late. You're gonna have to win by a touchdown here. And what does everyone know right now? It's what you said, Well Capper. Nobody wants Oakland. Nobody wants to back Oakland. Oakland stinks. Oakland's quit. But at the end of the day, Arizona is really not much better. I mean, a quarterback is just young. I know Leftwich has figured it out a little bit. There's still a team that struggles to get stops. I, I think this is where I think subtly, subtly the NFL or the books are going to make money. Spots like this where it's not overly crazy if Oakland won him because Arizona is not much better, frankly. Um, they've been a favorite once, and, and it was very early in the season. I'm just not really ready to lay – this amount of points. Look, if it's two and a half, maybe, but by game time, this will probably be six, six and a half. And maybe you could even buy it up to seven. I feel like if you're going to get involved, I I just, I got to look contrarian with a game like this because I just, I don't know that Arizona is six points better than Oakland. Interesting. Interesting. It's right. Like if Oakland did win this game, it's not going to be some huge surprise, I guess. And it's like also probably because nobody, because nobody's going to be watching it. (laughs) <laughs> yes, no one will know. No, everybody, everybody's going to be watching the Chargers. You got the Chargers game, and you've got the Philly New Orleans game in the late slots. 
You this. know, guys, nobody, I, I kinda, nobody's going to watch this. I kind of look at this game like I did with um, – I don't know if you guys remember. It was late – I want to say it was late September. Cleveland went out to Oakland, and I heard about all these – Cleveland's going to go out. They got Baker Mayfield, da, 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 da. And, and it was a shootout, and Oakland won. They, they won on that weird play at the end of the game. I think it was like 44-41 or something. And, you know, no one – you know, no one was that surprised by it. I, I don't. I think this game it doesn't move the needle. I think it could go either way. And if I'm getting six points or something here, I'm going to take Oakland. Interesting. Okay. Well, let's keep cruising because we got a poker tournament we, that starts pretty soon here. So uh, let's talk about uh, Steelers Jaguars for a hot second again. My look on this one is under 47 minus 101. Uh, I think the Jag season is over. They know it's over. But I think that the defense wants. You know, this is their Super Bowl effectively because this is all they're getting. Uh, and I think the Pittsburgh Steelers defense has solidly gotten better and better as the weeks have gone on. They are playing, you know, they're playing impressively well right now. Steelers on the road in Florida, always suspect. I think this line, the fact that it was only five in favor of the Steelers is suspicious. I think the Steelers are going to get a win here, but it's going to be tight and you're going to get a pretty impressive performance out of this Jags defense. And they're going to keep them in the range of like 24 points or so. Um, and so, for me, under 47 was the look. It's not a very confident look, but uh, I can't really talk myself into either side here with the Jags team that is trotting Blake Bortles out still probably uh, and the Steelers team that is just hot as any you know any team in the NFL right now. Andy, you got a look in this one or are you going to skip this game? If this continues to see Jack or Pittsburgh money, I'll have a Jacksonville ticket. I talked to someone this morning, and honestly, it's a stupid narrative, but how, how do they have their number? Last year, that it was ridiculous what Jacksonville did to Pittsburgh twice. Like they, they, they made Blake, they, they made Blade Bortles look so good. Uh, it's at you give me a touchdown at home in Florida, even against a hot team. It's hard for me not to not to fade the team. You know, this will be my contrarian angle, I guess, for the week. Especially if I get a six and a half or a seven in this one, I might have a Jacksonville ticket. Interesting. As, as, pained as I am to do that because I think it will be a, a little bit of a low scoring closer game and if I can get a touchdown at home I would like that interesting how do you approach this one Jeff I think Pittsburgh is a real great future bet right now I, I think this team is slowly <laughs> starting to gain some real momentum man I mean defensively they look good I mean I, I think it's just kind of a year of the narrative for them no Le'Veon Bell but it doesn't matter because we're just going to do it without him. And, you know, you, you still got the, you know, Shazier stuff on the, the outer edge. And you had that terrible shooting there this year and all this different stuff. And I just think they're coming together. Jacksonville's dead and buried. This team stinks on defense. Stink. <laughs> uh, Bortles stinks as well. We, we know what his what he's all about. I think this is one of the easier bets of the week. I, I think you're right. I think Jacksonville has quit. I think this is like a 37-20 type of game. Um, I, I think Pittsburgh rolls. I don't care where the game is. Mm, okay. Interesting. 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 Um, we're all over the place on that one. That's fun. That's fun. No one really, uh, no, no consensus on that. Uh, let's talk about Minnesota versus the bears. Oh boy. Andy, I've been holding my the breath. Bikes already. You know to, that. I know. I already did. You I already know, the bikes. You know, we, you know, we you know where I went on this one. Uh, I have not loved all of the injury reports coming out of Minnesota. I wanted a full healthy squad coming off their bye on the road in primetime, delivering a message to a young Bears team that's not ready for primetime football yet. Uh, but, you know, but it's going to be a tight game. 
Uh, and I'm, I guess, you know, I think this is effectively a coin flip. If you're going to give me Minnesota plus one and a half at plus money, plus 113 is what I grabbed. I'll take that. Uh, I think they're going to compete here. I think Minnesota, um, you know, all told is the better team, the more experienced team and, and is going to, you know, it's going to find a way to win this game. Uh, but it's not, you know, this is, this is not a great feeling right now because the bears are a little healthier. They're a little feistier and they certainly have more momentum. Uh, are you going to stick with Minnesota in this one, or do you feel like? Yeah, I went a little lighter on the bet. I went lighter on the bet because I wanted the money line. I ended up with a plus one or plus one and a half at plus money, but I'm probably going to fill out the rest of that for a full play and take some bikes plus 120. They've had trouble in the past in Chicago, but I'm not worried. I think Thielen will play. He's just, it's early in the week. Everything's magnified with injuries, if uh, limited practice participants. If, if it gets worse later in the week, I might have to look to buy out of that somehow. But because he's such an important, it's like I talk about with uh, Keenum, like Thielen and Diggs, and you know, to a lesser Rudolph and some of the other pieces. They bailed him out, and I don't. I think Cousins is better than than uh, Case Keenum, obviously, but. Boy, if you have some great receivers like that, it makes everybody look so much better. And I'd hate to see Cousins having to throw to God knows what after after those guys dropped. I'm even trying to think of uh, the the third receiver now. Laquan, Laquan. Treadwell? <laughs> Is he still in the squad? That's, yeah, still I think so. I, there's, a couple of, there's a couple of younger guys who are a little, there, little, bit, more, yeah. little bit more effective so, than Laquan. Yeah. Um, I, I do like the Vikings to build off build off the defensive performance. That was the biggest disappointment this season. The defense looked like hot, just hot, hot garbage. They, it's like I said, with Jacksonville, Philly, Minnesota, these really good defenses from last year have really had some bad performances this year. And that was kind of their first one against Detroit where they, they went out there, they got shit done. They were, I mean, tackles for losses, 10 sacks. They held them to field goals. I mean, you're, you're not going to shut everybody out, but, and if you can if you can do some of that bend but don't break on the drives to get away from you and limit people to field goals, you're going to win and you're going to cover. Obviously, I need both in this one because I, <laughs> I don't think I'm going to get a plus one. But uh, yeah, I, I think Minnesota is just a little more a little more battle tested. I've seen. I love the Bears. I have Bears futures. I want to see the Bears win almost every other game this year. But they, I've seen them in big spots. I've seen Nagy struggle a little against Green Bay late. Against uh, what was the other one they let it get away from them late where he just turtled up? They should have lost to Arizona. Uh, they yeah, turtled against weird, the, the Dolphins. One. The Dolphins game was atrocious. Oh, the Dolphins loss. game that was, was atrocious. Awful. That was an awful loss. They were they should have they should have beat the Patriots, but they gave up special teams touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. no, the Bears, the Bears, I, you know, they are vulnerable to the type of attack that Minnesota wants to roll out there. I really think that, uh, that the Vikes are going to be live dogs on the road. Uh, we're going to hold off on capping the Monday night football game until our Sunday pod big man. So why don't you tell us what happens on Sunday night football and put a bow on this uh, episode for us? Yeah, real quick. I, I saw some interesting footage out of Chicago and WGN. There's a helicopter over the stadium or wherever Cody Parkey is, and they're watching him kick field goals. Like there's actual <laughs> footage out there of that. Um, but but I guys, as this pod goes on and we finish it up, I love the under in this game. I'm I'm looking at this game and I'm Ooh. saying to myself, 
I just don't know if there's a ton of offense here. I see two teams, one of which in Chicago that's terrific defensively as it is. We see a team in Minnesota that's slowly getting back to form. You have two of the best rush defenses in the league, two pass defenses that are pretty good. You've last four games, I think one of them got the 48, but the other three were all in the 30s. I think this is a knockdown, drag out, cold, breezy, typical deadlock type of game in Soldier Field or, uh, you know, wherever, you know, whether wherever it's at. I think it's a Soldier Field, right? Yeah. Uh, yep. It is. It's yeah. Yeah. You're giving me chills. That's why they're making them. That's it. why they're making them sit it. out there and kick field goals. Everybody <laughs> else is in the indoor facility. They got the poor kicker out there in the cold. Kick. It's cold up here right now. I don't know what it's like in Philly. No, it's cold. It's, it's in the 30s. Yeah, it's going to get down to 30. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I like it. the under 45. Okay. That's a great look. Good stuff, man. All right. Well, uh, big man on campus. Thank you. You were as, uh, as excellent as I remembered from our preseason previews. And we will catch you uh, when it's a uh, heavy duty college basketball season and get an update on how everything's going for you. And I wish you well. Best luck this season. Uh, I wish I could say best of luck in this poker tournament, but uh, <laughs> I just don't think it's going to go well for you. So, you know, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I appreciate it. Well, Capra, I look forward to it and uh, look forward to always joining you guys here on the show. And uh, hopefully uh, we can do it again real soon. Always fun. All right. Take care, guys. Perfect. Hey, thanks a lot for your time, man. Yep. See you guys. All right, best of luck.